Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. It is a brand new edition of Flyers Daily for the 29th of January, 2024. Flyers Daily, as always, presented by Ticketmaster. Make more memories live. It is a Monday. We're going to do a special Ask Billy edition here for the All-Star break. Joining us from PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, NHL.com, and HockeyBuzz.com, it is Bill Meltzer. Bill, we all need a break right now, and certainly the players need a break right now. Yeah, they played a lot of hockey this month. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's funny how fast things change sometimes. We've remarked on that before. Um, you know, a week ago, right, every, everything was looking up, right? And, and uh, you know, five, game, five games later, you're really happy the break is here. Um, you know, it's a, it's all part of, all part of what goes into a season, I guess. But uh, yeah, I, I think everybody everybody can use the week off here, and um, you know, and uh, obviously Travis Konecki just yeah he's going to the All Star game. He deserves it. He's earned it. Um, you know, and then kind of recharge the batteries, um, and and go back at it next week. So uh, you know, I it's it, of course. Of course, a part of the reason why the schedule is so compacted is the break to be able mm-hmm. to, to be able to take a week off at this point. I got this DM from Dan Marcus. He, he's a frequent listener to the podcast. He, he's a daily guy. And he sent me a note this morning. It just said, well done today. Great perspective setting. Love the term, quote, dirt in the shovel brigade. And he said, it's so true. Let's all take a deep breath. It's been a fun, unexpected season to date. Well done again by you. And I and when he when I saw the note, I didn't even remember saying it, but the the dirt in the shovel brigade or the um the portion of people, and they're very vocal that anytime there's a stumble in an 82 game season, they're waiting by with dirt in the shovel to sh- to toss it on top of the the casket of the team in the grave. And um, you know, I looked at a bunch of team schedules, Bill. You know, teams that are ahead of the Flyers in the standing, like Carolina. I looked at Tampa. I looked at Toronto. And I see a lot of teams that win six out of seven, five out of six, five in a row, and then lose five in a row, lose six out of eight. You know, those kind of things. These are just the ebbs and flows of an NHL season. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, (laughs) the days of teams rattling off, you know, nobody's nobody's approached the Flyers 35 game unbeaten streak, but the teams, uh, the days of rolling off 15 in a row, 18 in a row. You know, even even the three point games, it's uh, it's exceptionally hard. There's so much parity in the league, and you go you go through these cycles where all of a sudden, the, you know, nothing's bouncing your way. Um, you know, you have some injuries pile up. It, 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 these are just the things that happen to happens in teams during a season. And uh, you know, one thing that uh, that John Tortorella said that, that I do agree with is, you know, there have been stretch of seasons where the season where everything's going been going really well right he's always he's always worn listen there are going to be times when it's it's not going so well and and uh you know you, you lose a few in a row and you, you can't you know you you, you can't rub you can't ride too high or too low um you know there's no sugar coating that uh the, these last five games particularly to me the last four uh the the colorado game was uh i really i thought the flyers out I'll play the avalanche in that game. They made yeah, a few, right. a few too many costly mistakes and, you know, in that game. And, you know, and, and we've talked about that a lot a week ago, but, but the, in the last four games, the final score has been pretty ugly in, in, in several cases. Um, 
feel you know feel like one against Ottawa slipped away even though they weren't playing that well and then so on and so forth um but uh it doesn't it doesn't erase the bigger picture right yeah. um you know I, I I remember saying last Sunday when, when last time we recorded um you know if you weren't saying on Wednesday that the season is over when the Flyers just beat Dallas for the fifth in a row don't don't overreact to a couple of losses and it's still it's still the same way you know yeah. the uh the what the flyers did in, against certainly against dallas but also before they against winnipeg um you know you're not gonna play that way every night and when you run into good teams and and flash run into a lot of star players in the league lately too and they they've all pretty much had big games you know, it's with, been the Hart Trophy trio of, of yeah. Pasternak, Kucherov, and Nathan McKinnon. I mean, McKinnon, right? <laughs> and you know, if you're not right on top of your game, those guys will, will make you pay, which they do. Which they do at every team. Yep. You know, so uh, you know, take your lumps and 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 come back at it and, and keep rolling from there. Is I guess the best way to put it. The most interesting team to me is a team like the Edmonton Oilers that won two games. I think of their first fifteen, yeah. right? And then they win three straight, and then they had another stretch where they lost three straight. Then they won eight straight, lost three straight. Now they've won 16 straight. They've won 24 of their past 27 games. They had to have a coaching change in there as well. It's just – yeah. It's such a bizarre league. Uh, Bill, uh, Danny Briere got a little bit of business done in the last couple of days. Uh, let's talk about the two contracts that he signs. He signs Owen Tippett to the eight-year deal at 6.2 AAV. And then he signed Ray, uh, Ryan Paitling to an extension of two years at 1.9 AAV. Let's take them one at a time. You know, your thoughts on the Tippett deal. So I think the price, you know, when, when he comes back and he comes back healthy and keeps performing and, and driving offense and numbers the way he had been of late, six yeah. goals in the six games prior to him going out injured, uh, that number was only going to go up. And this is a number over eight years that when you get into the back half of the contract, it's going to look paltry in a rising cap world. No, uh, for sure. And, you know, at, at, at that cap, it to get to get a max deal done, um, he's only 24 years old. So, you know, you, you'll get the prime, really the prime years of his career yeah. over most of this deal. Um, you know, at, at that cap hit, um, I, I think I think it's a great deal for both sides. Obviously, it's a, a big immediate bump for uh, for Owen, but also for for the team. I mean, he, he flirted with thirty goals last year, um, and you know one of the things that we talked about, one of the things we wanted to see Owen get better at, uh, and I, I raised this uh, with I asked this question to Danny the other night. You know, last year of his twenty eight goals, um, I believe seventeen of them were against non playoff teams, and a couple were empty netters. Not this year. This year, he's actually when the Flyers have played those top teams, he's been often the guy who's stepped up and, and scored big goals in big situations. So the you know big meaningful games he stepped up, and the situations where you really need a goal, he's been the guy. Even though even though the numbers are kind of I guess similar where about similar to where they were last year because he had a couple hot runs last year. You know these are these have been more meaningful games and. You know, he's stepping up in bigger situations and putting more, and especially lately, putting more pucks on the net. Yeah. So uh, yeah. all those things that we said, you know, are, are the next step for him. He's been taking those next steps. Um, you know, obviously he has the, the injury setback and hopefully he comes back right after 
right after the break. Huh? You know, goal scorers in general, you know, obviously with some exceptions, they tend to run a little hot and cold. It yep. it, it, it kind of goes with the kind of goes with the territory. But but I think that uh, on the offensive side of the puck, I, I really think that he's continuing to get better. And and I don't think he's maxed it out yet. I think there's still, you know, he's still going to continue to get even a little bit better as he kind of peaks in this contract. I, I really like the deal on both sides. Uh, on an eight-year deal, I honestly thought the cap hit might be about seven. Yeah, that's what so, I thought too because of those yeah. back half years of the deal. And the thing is for him, um, you've identified a player that – checks your boxes in the three major categories that I always talk about. Number one, where he fits what you want to do on the ice. And he's a guy yeah. that can create offense on his own, but he can also create it um, in an ensemble with a line. Um, you can move him around both sides and you can move him uh, on the top line. And, and I don't even think we've gotten the true, the true sense of him as a shooter yet. He needs to hit the net yeah. more. And I think we'll dial that in. Then you have the element of where he fits in the community of the team, how he fits in the locker room personality wise, he wants to be here. And then the third part is now you have the piece of the puzzle. That's really difficult with the other two is the financial piece. And he was willing to come to an agreement for that term at that number. And we'll, we're numb to this non, this flat cap world. It's been this way for four years and it's difficult, but that's all about to end this off season. Yeah. And we're about yeah. to see a rising cap and percentage of cap is going to just shrink every year of this deal. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, as you said, the cap ceiling should have a nice bump next year. And then, you know, barring something unforeseen, I mean, really the reason why the biggest reason for the flat cap is the pandemic. But uh, but but barring something like that, I, I think once again, you'll see the you know, you'll see significant growth in in the cap ceiling in upcoming seasons as you said you know the cap it will shrink um flyers do have some expiring deals so they can kind of lock out lock up the guys that they they want to commit to going forward i i think that uh it, it, it it's a nice step on that path i think it also communicates one more element bill that if you're a guy that's going to be in here and you're going to be a person that we deem as part of the the core going forward, yeah, we're going to commit to you long term, yeah. And play, what do players love? They love term. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the ultimate, and some no trade protection as well. Let's get to Ryan Paling, Bill, because he he comes into this year on a prove it deal, um, looking to really kind of find a place in the NHL. He's a former first round pick. And he's coming here in Philadelphia and just fit like peaches and cream. He fits with the John yeah. Tortorella system. He does what he's asked of. If he has to move up, he'll move up. But ideally, he's a bottom six center. Uh, yeah. He's big, and you want to be big up the middle. And he's kind of checked every box and, and proven what he's needed to prove this year. And he gets rewarded with a two-year 1.9 AAV cap hit. Yeah. And uh, he, he brings in that element of combination of, of size and speed. Mm-hmm. Um, He's a, he's a well above average skater, um, pretty good penalty killer. You know, as a, he, I, I don't I don't really want him in the top six offensively. He, he's played a little bit up there. I think that's a little too high in the lineup for him. But I but I really like him as a bottom six, and I really particularly like him as a as a guy on a fourth line, a playable fourth line, right? A, a fourth line that you don't have to Shelter. manage the minutes and, and hold your breath that they don't get scored on when they're out there. That's, uh, you know, in today's NHL, you really need three scoring lines and you need a fourth line that can you can, you can use 
you know, particularly with the, when they're having a good night, but even just to just to take some of the the burden off the upper end of the lineup so that you're not you're not having to overplay guys. I mean, the Flyers still have that issue where their guys in the lineup are overplaying a little bit. But uh, but paneling is is a nice piece in that. Um, it, it gives you it gives you some flexibility too. Um, so I, I think he gets minutes even in a game where a fourth line only gets nine minutes. He ends up yeah. with thirteen minutes because of the PK. Right. right. What he brings to the table there. So that's that. To me, your fourth line center has to be a penalty killer. I agree. Like a, a fourth line today is a third line, a checking line of years ago to me. Correct. Yeah. No, no, for sure. That's the evolution, right? Well, you, you really can. In today's NHL, you really can't have the six-minute guy who doesn't play either end of special teams. Yeah, it's just it, it, that, that's that's you know that's obsolete now, and that's really chewed up a lot of Nick Delarier's ice time as well. Um, as a result of that, uh, let's get to the Ask Billy questions. Tim Tobin uh, at Tobe Nader uh, says the following: He said, "We've all said that if the Flyers get ninety-five points, they should, in theory, get into the playoffs." He said, "It's a two-part question." Do they get at least 39 points in the final 30, not 32 games? And most importantly, do they get in? He said, I'm not going to say they don't go over 95, but do they get in? I don't even know how to prognosticate this yeah. final 32 games, Bill. I really don't. There's obviously, is Tippett coming back healthy? And there's a lot of variables here. Obviously, goaltending is a big variable. Is Cal yeah. Peterson the backup? Is it the rest of the year? They bring Felix Sandstrom up. How does Urson handle being the starter, I mean, his last three games statistically have not been good. I don't think it's been on him, as I've detailed here on the pod. But uh, I look at it, and I, I I don't know that I can answer this question without some five to seven games after this break. Yeah, and and also, also with uh, Danny Briere, you know, letting it be known, hey, we're 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 not really altering course here. You know, if there are trades to be made, that they're, they're going to make trades. So, you know, so if you see a Walker move, for example, and I and I think he's got was a pretty good chance to be moved by the deadline. You know, it is a short term step backwards. So, you know, and you can still overachieve as a team. It, it doesn't mean that uh, you know you can't still play and compete and win your share of games. I, I can't. It's really hard to predict. I could I could have said it with a little more comfort. You know, we were talking so much about the goaltending being such a, an asset for the Flyers that other teams didn't have, that it didn't matter who was in net. Um, and and that, that's, you know, the part of the thing with the, during the, the five games, you know, has, has the goaltending been great? No. But has, has the goaltending been the main factor? No, no to that too. Um, there, there've been so many weird deflections, so many breakdowns, um, you know, backdoor kind of goals, Breakaways by guy, the last guys he would have on a breakaway like McKinnon or, or an open one timer for Kucherov or Rantanen. You know, yeah. they, they, I mean, that, that, that's for those guys. They make their living that way, right? And that that's uh, you know they're, they're going to burn you. And that that really it doesn't it doesn't matter who's in goal. It, it could be Patrick Waugh, right? It, it doesn't it doesn't matter. When you give up chances like some of the ones they've been giving up. No one's going to have pretty numbers, but. But I, but I think that um, I'd be less than totally truthful if I said, oh, I'm comfortable that, uh, you know, when you run into back-to-backs, three and fours, and you have to use either Peterson or Sandstrom, you know, that the, the Flyers will fail far better than they did a year ago in those same situations using the backup. I, I, I don't feel confident about that, honestly. 
yeah, I don't have uh, any of the the data or eyes on to feel confident there yeah. right now. I'm a prove it guy. Um, let's get to the next question here, and this comes from Hunter Gordon. Hunter says, uh, with management com- committing to the rebuild and stating that no player is off the board come the deadline, are there three to five players you can see them not involving in a deal? Obviously, Tippett, since they just locked them up. Yeah. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to approach this for players that they're – the deadline's different because guys with term don't often get moved at the deadline. It's more expiring. Yeah. But the guys that I look at that I go, okay, these are the guys that I think that they really want to keep here come hell or high water. Obviously, Tippett. Katuri, I think, because the contract is still unmovable at this point. Yeah. Um, Sanheim has the no-move protection, so that's an easy one to lump in. Arison with the, the volatility of the goaltending position. I don't think that they want to move York. I think they think like he's scratching the surface. Haling, they just signed him. But Farabee's also in that category. Drysdale, and I I would put Tyson Forster in that category as well, though he's got a lot more to prove. Those are the guys that I've kind of circled. And Travis Connecting, but that's a little little different. Oh, yeah, yeah, a a little bit just because Connecting is, you know, he's in his prime and, and, you know, he's, uh, an all-star. He's he's not signed long-term anymore. He's he's getting the latter part of the six-year deal that he, he signed. I do think I do think TK wants to be here. In fact, I'm pretty sure he does. Yep. But uh, then you know the, there there are a lot of variables that go into that. So I'm, I'm not totally sure. You know, in his case, um, yeah. Uh, and and Drysdale is obviously a guy that that they would have here long-term. Um, York. Um, I did leave Noah Cates off the list, Bill. Yeah, uh, and uh, I, I think that they, they want to have Cates. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and I also think that in some cases, I'm, I'm referring to Morgan Frost here, sometimes the best deals that you can make are the ones that you don't make because yeah. they're they're not exactly swimming in, in playmaking centers, either at the NHL level or in the in the farm system. I, I think there are signs that, that Frost has hit another level as a player to where he can be a contributor whether it's your top six or your top nine, but being a productive center, creating chances for other guys. Who? What other centers are there in the system? Either, either prospects or the NHL level. You know, uh, if you're trading player for player, that's one thing. But uh, you know, but I, I don't know. I mean, if not him, who else fills that need? Yeah. Um, but but he, he. I mean, he's a guy that I I would think that they would move if, if they feel like the deal makes sense. So I don't put him on that list. But uh, he's a guy I would consider, you know, well, what what would be coming back in the trade? So, so you know, so we've rounded off a, a good bit of the roster. Um, you know, in terms of, I think it's easier to say who's available in the right deal. I think uh, Ristolainen is available in the right deal. Uh, I think Atkinson can be available in the right deal. Mm-hmm. Whether, you know, whether it's the, the last year of the deal or this year with one year to go. I mean, so those are guys that... Uh, Depending, depending what assets are coming back, um, and the Flyers are still, yeah, and and Scott Lawton, Scott Lawton's a tricky one with with Paling yeah. being signed for two years here. Um, the, the thing that makes it so tricky with, with Lawton is that, I mean, he's the only guy on the team who wears a letter on his you know, on a sweater. The the only one, and that's for a reason. And when a new player comes to the team. Who's the guy who steps forward the most? The most. There's a lot of guys who do that, but steps forward the most to make sure the guy feels welcome and comfortable and included on the team. 
who's the guy who has a yeah, has such a good sense of what it means to be a flyer when when I when I feel like the organization lost its way in yeah. terms of the meaning of being a flyer. I always thought Scotty got it. He he understood. Yeah. And you know, and then then you add in that he can play wing, he can play center, he can kill penalties for you. Um, you know, it, it's not just about stats with him. But I, I do get sometimes where I think there's a little bit of redundancy in the yeah. forward group. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, and that that's a play who's every year draws interest from other teams. And and, yeah. and you know why for the reasons I just rattled off that yeah. uh, he brings leadership, he he brings two-way play, he brings, you know, a bit of an element of speed, tenacity competitiveness uh, you know the, it's not just about goals and assists with him but i i but i think with paling paling uh maybe not as as emotional and hard on his sleeve as, as scott lawton is but he brings a lot of the same things to his game and a lot of the same elements of his role are, are similar to scott lawton so if you're committing you know two years to uh, the paling here for sure i mean they did it early I don't know. It, it could it could mean that he's available. Yeah. Now, one one area that he's ended up on the stat sheet too much lately, Bill, is the penalty-taking yeah. area. Um, and that's usually not something that's an issue for Scott Lawton, but of late it has been. So we've yeah. got to be fair and point that out. Uh, Paul Spadel uh, tweets, and I hope I said your name right, right, Paul. He said, with the progress of TK, Farabee, Tippett, and Frost, plus Couturier's strong return, would it have made more sense for the Flyers to trade for a nice top-six forward as opposed to keeping Delariate and signing Paling in half the way in the offseason, seems like they have enough pieces for those roles. Well, first of all, Delarier was signed for four years, and so that was done by a previous regime. So he was yeah. here. They didn't bring him in. Paling on a one-year deal, Hathaway on a two-year deal. Um, I, I don't think that they were in it. Th- th- these signings that they made with Paling and Hathaway were what Torch referred to as backfilling. Guys yeah. that could come in win you a key face-off, serve a very specific non-top six role on the offensive side. So I don't think they were in any position to go out and go for a top six forward uh, this offseason. I don't think that was their mentality going into it. Yeah, and and with uh, you know with Hathaway in particular, you know, when when you talk about a, a culture, or I know it's standard is the word Tortorella likes, you know, some of those guys who come in and – Maybe they're with your team only for a year or two. But the guys who will be here longer term pick up a lot from those guys. And Hathaway is a guy who's played on winning and contending teams. You know, and, you know, uh, when there's another guy who can step up and and play that role, hopefully a, a younger player, then maybe he becomes expendable in the longer term I, I i could you know if there's the right deal now he'd be moved a year from now he's on an expiring deal. You know, i'd expect him to probably be moved as you're con- you know continuing to rebuild but yeah you know I, I don't think it was a mistake to bring those guys in um you know coming into this year you know for example and not not the same player or the same role but but i'm just talking about lineup spaces right um uh, I was hoping maybe this year Elliot Denoyer might be ready for an NHL role. Well, he's taking a little step backwards. He really they has value this year. Yeah. So you know, it, it, it's not like uh, it's not like he's being held down from a spot. You know, he's not being held from a spot right now. It's been a you know that's that's been a little bit of a disappointment this year. You were guys who I thought were ready to come in and compete. Yep. You know, they look like they still need a little bit more time. 
So I, I think that uh, as long as there's a clear spot, he's not he's not blocking anybody. You know, I, I, I certainly don't think it was a mistake. I, th- I think it was a positive, actually. Let's get to uh, – we're going to combine two here. CJW says Flyers have 10 days off, much needed for sure. Um, he said, first of all, do, do the guys get four or five days off where they can, like, head to the beach or just hang at home with family before returning to practice? There must be a PA-mandated full break for every team here, right? They definitely need a recharge. Yeah, every team has yeah. a, a period of time that the organization is – hands off they cannot require anything yeah. and then they have it's almost like a, a re-report date all right that's part one with bill Meltzer of 